appropriate. Thank you. God bless you. Let's turn in the scripture. We're going to be reading from uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 29 once again, or we'll start at verse 26 to 29. God bless you all. Nice to see your smiling faces. And actually new faces that have come home. Jariah's here. He's back from China. Where, where are you, Jariah? You're right there. There, see? I saw you in the camera. Amen. It's nice to have everybody coming back home. The Ocalos are home from overseas. God bless you. Nice to have you back. I love coming into September. I call September our reunion month. Everybody that's gone on holidays are now back and at home. And, and I heard such a great report, Brother Nathan was saying, of the school yesterday. I was so happy to hear that. A great turnout. It's marvelous to see that everybody is supporting a great venture. The more you drive down the streets and you see hell coming in this dimension. And it starts early, friends. People, you know, you, you read about it and you hear about what kids are doing at 10 years of age. And I remember one time I was, I was called to jury duty. And, and when they chose me to sit in jury duty, I had a couple of ladies that were sitting across from me. One was a teacher in grade three. And I think one was a teacher in grade five. And I'm just reading just an article just to wait to, to go into the jury. She said, well, Susan, I haven't seen you in such a long time. I haven't seen you, Betty, in a long time either. You still teach? She said, yeah. She says, but I'm afraid to go to my classroom. And that's just a few years back. What is it now? I'm afraid to go to my classroom. These are secular teachers afraid of what's in the classroom. And God has given us a school. I thank the Lord Jesus for that school. I thank the burden of the parents and the burden of the pastor to see this vision go forward. And we will keep it going forward. And uh, I think that every parent in the church should be in support of that. And I, I believe it will do your children well. Every grad that we have every year, I, I'm, I'm blessed to pieces to hear the testimonies of their lives and what God's done for them. So God bless the school. God bless the students. They're getting ready. Yes. School. It's great. I loved it. Not. <laughs> I, I, got, I graduated. I graduated. I made it. So anyways, that's another story. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26. For ye all, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew, neither Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, that's what we spoke on last week, if ye be Christ, and we made the declaration, yes, I am. If ye be, I am Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to promise. With that in mind, now I'll turn to another scripture, uh, Romans chapter 8, very familiar. Starting at verse 14. 
Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And now Paul goes on to say, and if children, and if Christ, and if children, you might as well say, yes, I am. So now we're going into some promises here. And if children, what? Then heirs. Heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present times are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. I want you to read verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our bodies. May the Lord add his blessing now to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. I bless you. Everybody comfortable? Susie, nice to see you. Did they say Susan Brown? Not Susie Brown? <laughs> Welcome home, Susie. God bless you. Nice to see you. We've known Susie since a little girl. Right? And now she's home. Be a mom and dad for a season, I am, I'm assuming. So as we took last week, and we took the title as, If You Be Christ, then there's more. A lot of times I can say, if you're an Olympian, when you started out at first, whether it be in skating, swimming, cross country, you, you weren't the best. But there was something in you that said you could be better. In fact, I want to do my best. And we have awards for those kind of people. And it doesn't matter. We could go into the cooking realm. And people that had just been married in some of the first courses that were ever delivered to the husbands. I'm sure they can say there will be more. Hopefully not the same, but there will be more better dinners. We always want to get better. We always have something in us that says, I want more. If there isn't, we're duds. I hope I don't have a whole room of duds. Right? That whatever we put our hands to, I'm sure we can do better. I think Joe, brother Joe, you carve and 
I wonder whether the first chair is as good as the now the chair that you can make now. I doubt it. You've got the expertise. You've got the wherewithal. You're thinking ahead. You know what you want to do now. So there's something within us when we want that more. It's driving us not just to perfection, but it's driving us to achieve something greater than what we have at this present time. And I, I don't think there's somebody here. I, I know when I was in school, there was a, a crazy thing called grades. I don't know if they give those today. I think that everybody you used to have sports day and actually get a blue, red, yellow, green. And you're, if you got a first man, you pin that thing on your chest and I'm first, but everybody's first now. I hope they, I hope they've changed it back. I know it's gone through it. Um, you know, everybody passes. You could be dumber than a hammer and you're going to get passed. That's the way the system works. That's the way Satan Eden works. Then they get graduated, don't know nothing. And then you're expecting them, you know where they go? They go on. Unemployment. And Laodicea makes it work that way. And then we gotta, you know, I, we won't get into the political party of everything. We become socialists. We get, you know, free this and free handouts there. You don't have nothing more to achieve too. Somebody is trying to take out your drive for something. And now then if, with that in thought, I'd like you to turn to Revelations chapter three. Revelations chapter 3, verse 14. And the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods, and notice this next phrase, and have need of nothing. They don't want any more. Just don't want any more. We just sang a little chorus, I want more of Jesus. More, more, and more. The thing that I, I want, I marvel of it is this. Nobody had to tell me I want more. We sing the chorus and, and we rejoice in it. In the fact that, it's there that wants more. Why'd you come to church? Why do you come Wednesday nights? Why, why do we even have church? Is that you met Jesus. Well, then I've met Jesus, but when I've got Jesus, I got everything, but I want more of Him. There's more. And now society has made it so that you don't need or desire more. They make it so that it becomes an entertainment. See what the pastor will do, how demonstrative he might be in his speaking. It becomes entertainment rather than content. And I desire content, not entertainment. And I believe that that's exactly what the church wants. 
It's, it's not us running around, doing something, saying something. It's saying something worthwhile. What is the word and how can it mean more to me? So then in, in another translation, so then if you belong to him, if you belong to Christ, if you are in Christ, I belong to him and I'm in him, then you are Abraham's descendant. And your spiritual heirs, spiritual heirs, according to God's promise. So let's just quickly look at the word heirs, and I think we've all preached on it over the years, numbers of times. But i like to take a look at it a little different way this morning, if the Lord would help me. An heir. Now, the question was, if ye be Christ. And we took a whole service on that, and I think I, I spoke to this side of the group and asked you personally, are you Christ? Are you Christ? And then we went through the different sections of the, of the sanctuary and asked it because it's personal. Because you've got to say, because the, the Bible is written to you. If you be Christ, and I trust when you're reading at home, you say, say, yep, I'm surely yours, Lord. If you be, then if Christ, you are Abraham's seed. So now I, you've determined that you are Christ. And we know then if you are of Abraham's seed, every seed brings forth of its kind. So then we see a church triumphant. Okay, we're just, we're just gonna go slowly into the fact you've already made the declaration, I'm Christ. You've already made that. If you're children, as Paul then writes in Romans 8, if you be children, you're heirs. If you be Christ, you're heirs. Does everybody get that picture? So we're painting a picture of taking a couple of scriptures and breaking it down so that you can actually understand what an heir actually is, if you be Christ. Good question. You say, yes, I am. Then an heir, an heir, according to the, whether you want to go to the Hebrew, do you want to go to the Greek? Do you want to go to the Latin? It doesn't matter which language you go to to understand heirs. Heirs is one is made of two words in the Greek. It means it's a given lot, a given lot, your allotment. It's a given lot of inheritance or inheritance, nomos, law. Thus, the word means and indicates that if you're an heir, it indicates then it is a legal distribution of possessions of the one that's giving it. So it's not like you get something and, and somebody can challenge you on it and say, well, that's not yours. No, if I'm an heir of Christ, if I'm a seed of Abraham, and if I be heirs, what the word is actually indicating is that there is a legal distribution of everything that God possesses. Has everybody got that? It's a legal possession of what God possesses. So God doesn't give you any more than me. There's an equal dis- 
distribution. I'm not talking about talents. I'm talking about possession of Christ. There's no way you can say you got more of Jesus than I've got. Now people can say that or insinuate that, but that's crazy. Not according to the scripture. If you're seed, you're seed. How do you be more seed? <laughs> how, how do you get more? So then I, 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 we're just laying a foundation because the church really, church really needs to know their position in Christ. We really need to know that. Because then, you know what will happen, saints? Less prayer requests. And I've got one sitting in my, in my pocket right now for a drug addict. I got a prayer cloth on me right now for a drug addict. Does God deliver drug addicts? Yes, sir. If you are seed, that is God's legal distribution for you. So now that we're going to look into God's legal distribution of your inheritance in Him. It's always in Him. You still with me? All right. Every born again child tonight comes through Abraham's blessing. That's what he said. For it's the promise given to Abraham. And every child of God that receives the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, Brother Bram said, his pulsation is the same. That's what I'm saying. That's what I said at the beginning. I'm, I'm so gl- happy and thrilled that it isn't me that's mustering up. I must have more. But it's the pulsation of God moving us to more of Him and more of Him, Brother Bram says. Now that pulsation is the same. What are you looking for? He said, you're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. That is your legal possession. Can you say amen? It's mine. It's a legal right according to the Bible. Your legal rights. And we're going to get in some legal rights. And I, I, I know I, some of you people have homes. I know. If I went in to thrash your home and said, in fact, Darren, I'm taking over your home. Brother Bram said in one place, he said, you'd call the law to get me out of your home. Why? Because you have a legal title. It's a legal title that you possess that can drive out anybody that comes into your home. If you can do that naturally. Come on, people. If you can do that naturally. Can we not do that spiritually? Amen. We're in a battle. We know we're in a battle. We're in a fight until we get in a body change. And you're going to fight spirits like you've never fought them before. But God sent you a message. I can't emphasize it enough. This message was given to challenge and conquer Satan's kingdom. That's your legal possession. 
These people say, I'm sick and I got this. Get up, wake up, stop being babies. If you want to know, if you want it, my next message will be coming out. I think I preached it on, on not too long ago was why cry speak. Brother Bram says, don't be a baby. Don't be a baby. We're too far along. He's marrying a mature bride. Is everybody okay with this? If not okay, I'll go preach to myself. I told Joanne, I remember my first sermon. I remember my first sermon. I was scared. I was scared. Brother Bisco was out of town. Brother Roger Smith was his associate at the time. And he calls me up and says, Hey, Brother Tom, I think you're ready about preaching a sermon, to, uh, preaching to us on a Wednesday night. I said, <laughs> You know how you get butterflies? Well, I had a massive case of butterflies. So I wrote on my sermon. I had sheets of paper. And then I went into my bathroom and I looked in the mirror. And I started to preach to the guy in the mirror, but he wasn't listening. So I figured the mirror's useless. And so now here we preach. We preach things of God, not just to preach for the sake of preaching, but to know as the word of God is proclaimed that there is a bride that is moving and has moved throughout the ages from Ephesians to Thyatira to Philadelphia to Laodicea. We are so much farther down the road to the point where Brother Brown said, now the headship is here. The thought of God is here. The body and the head has joined itself together. So then now the thoughts of God becomes an, is the one that's controlling the body. When I move my hands like this, I don't even have to think about it. It just does it. Because the mind is in control of the body. So now we want to find out what our place is and what our position is. So every child of God that receives the Holy Spirit has the same pulsation looking for a city whose builder and maker God. It isn't Los Angeles. It isn't New York or Louisville. It's heaven. (laughs) It's heaven. And we confess that we are a peculiar people. Strangers, because we're looking for something we cannot see. Are you weird or what? Hmm? You're weird. Why don't you knock on your next neighbor's door tomorrow? Knock on their door and say, how you doing? What are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for this. And they might ask you the question, what are you looking for? I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. But you can't see it. I see it by faith. So now we're going to start taking some possession. Something is on your control tower saying it's there. It's there. Something's on your control tower saying it's there. Every, now, now we're getting really strange now to the world. We're getting really, really off the wall to the world. But according to the word, you're right on the mark. Every, Redemptive blessing between here and there. God has promised to give it to us. So he's not withholding anything of our legal possession. Hmm. Hmm. 
So now, individually, right now where you sit, every one of you has something that you need from the redemptive blessing of God on this journey, this morning, that is different than the person that's sitting beside you. But now your prophet said every redemptive blessing. It's a legal possession. And I'm sorry, your unbelief can't hinder me from obtaining it. Mm-hmm. There you go. And we're walking. We're pilgrims. I don't care what so 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 and so says. I know something in me that tells me it's real. Something in me tells me it's real. You got that. I just start walking. Now here you go. What now? Somebody should actually get up and do this. This would be a great object lesson. I won't, I won't embarrass anybody, so I'll do it myself. I'll embarrass myself. Okay. Just start walking, praising, confessing. New body, new home, heaven. I'm walking, I'm praising, <laughs> confessing, because it's not going to fail. Hallelujah. This is God telling you your legal possessions will never fail. Can you, can you go leaping and praising God? Brother Tim did that the other day. Right? I thought he did very well. Leaping and praising God. Go praising, confessing, because it's sure and it's not going to fail. The king of kings has promised it to you. Just that statement alone should have this church electrified. Because it's not Tom Ray that's promised it. It's the king of glory. It's the great I am. Said I'm going to give you every spiritual redemptive blessing you need. I know some of you need a real dose of joy. Uh Uh-huh. Joy. (laughs) You don't have to raise your hand. Just the thankfulness of God. What he's done and what he's doing is amazing. It's just amazing. So can I say to you, if this is a legal possession and the king of kings has now given it to you, can I say to you like... Uh, Naomi said to Ruth, sit still. Sit still, my daughter, until thou knowest how the matter will fall. But let me ask you something. We're not in the book of Ruth at this point. We know the end of the book of Ruth. Did she get what Naomi spoke? Did she get Boaz? Praise the Lord. Then I get Christ. And you get Christ. Yes, sir. Brother Bram said he's done his, done his kingsman work. Yes, sir. You know, the kingsman work was to testify before the elders. You remember Boaz kicking off his shoe. He's done all this now. He comes to take his bride. He comes now as king. He's looking for his queen in this book. Is the whole secret of it 
wrapped up around those seven seals. Oh, brother, seven seals are waiting for him to come. What an expectation was being created for a group of people. And he's preaching this in the breach, knowing those seals are about to be opened. Because now it's been prophesied, you're to have every redemptive blessing for this journey. And it will come from the king of kings himself, himself, for your journey. Now, Ruth waited and she received more. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I knew that would hit somebody. She sat there under promise. And there was more to come. (laughs) And so now God has given us promises, but I want to say to this church, there's much more to come. All right, much more to come. So now can we're just going to take some types and shadows, different things in the scripture. Joshua 14 and 7. Now, 40 years old I was. Now, this is Caleb talking to Moses. So he's held his promise, Brother Mark. How many years now? 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. That was his legal possession. It was giving him a promise. Moses said, you will have this mountain. He held that one promise for 40 years. Is everybody listening? He held one promise because a prophet said one thing to him. And he believed it for 40 years. It was his legal possession. Because he's now an heir. And you said you're heirs. If you be Christ, then you're heirs. Right? If you're his children, you're heir. So now for 40 years, old when I was, when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land, and I I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren, that went out with me, made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly, I wholly followed the Lord. I wholly followed the Lord. I were more than able to take everything. Man, they pump better at baseball games than we do in here. More than able to have my children sitting around me. Sitting at father's table. God's more than able to do this. He's able to save your wives. He's able to save your husbands. I'm heir to every promise. And we've got daughters that are wayward. And we've got parents that are just falling asleep in Laodicea. Not wanting their more. It's more K Sarah Sarah. A Doris Day song. Nobody here probably even knows who she is. And saying K Sarah Sarah. Whatever will be will be. That is of the devil. I'll let you know right now, Satan brainwashed the whole group in the 60s. Whatever will be, will be is nonsense. 
If whatever will be, will be, then Goliath would have killed David. But David had a possession. And I'm telling you young people that sit here sometimes just zoned out. You better start getting zoned in. Because one day you're going to stand before Satan himself. And you better know that you're a legal heir. According to the word of God. Go toe to toe with him himself and rebuke him. Amen. Oh, he say, I got it easy. I got daddy. He's a great deacon. Or I got a mommy. She's a wonderful woman of God. Well, one day the nest, you go out. And one day you stand alone. And what I see, if you don't get a Holy Ghost man filled with God, with the more, you're going to have problems five years down the road. Because he'll start looking at Laodicea instead of more. The future home. Heaven. I'm telling you, saints. The word is your protection. So now here he says, I was holy, the Lord's. I wholly followed the Lord. And Moses swear on that day, saying, surely the land whereupon thy foot trod shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever. Forever. Because thou wholly follow the Lord thy God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. So he was 40 and now he's 85. The Lord has kept me alive these 40 and 5 years since the Lord spake to Moses. While the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. I wonder what the mindset was of Caleb. Were they going around and around and around? Kept looking at that mountain. Around. That mountain's mine. That mountain's mine. That mountain's mine. Children, that's our mountain. Children, that's our mountain. Children, that's my mountain. Children, that's your mountain. Amen. I believe he kept rehearsing it. Praising God. Confessing it. Walking in it. Now, therefore... Here comes his legal possession. Now, after 40 years. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Hmm. Give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou hearest in that day how the Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I will be able to drive them out at 85 years old. Hmm. Are we able? We're more than able. So then, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. For I've gone to prepare that place for you. That pulsation, that heaven, that new body. Let not your heart be troubled. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now think how able... Brother Bram says he is to prepare for us a body like unto his own glorious body. If we want to live, if we want to live, there is something in us. Here it comes again. There is something in us that calls to live. <laughs> Glory. 
There's something in us, pulsating in us, that calls to live. And there's something in us that calls to do right. Then God will call somebody on the platform or the pulpit that will preach the absolute truth. Why? Is to show you then, if you're a real child of God, you'll begin to cry out, God, take this away from me. Circumcise me from this. Take these things away from me. And you were at camp and you heard of many things that Brother Tim was saying that is plaguing Laodicea and it shocks my mind. I want you to know something. That shocks my mind to know that men and young people get tied up in the nonsense and perversion when this message is pure and holy. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Get your head out of the filth and garbage of Laodicea. And if you're guilty, there's blood. Can you say blood? There's blood. There's blood. And there's power. In that blood. God will call somebody to the pulpit. He'll cry out. Once they hear it. Cry out Lord. Take this from me. Well this has been laying there. For years. For us to read. But do you need it now. In 2019. When you could have read it in 210. Or 2010 or 2000 or 2000 or 1980. Once you're delivered, you're delivered. Come on, let's just say it. I'm delivered. I, that's my legal possession. I've been delivered. Now Satan might come to try and trip you up. And indeed he does. But now it's not you willingly doing it. It's not you willing. It's your flesh. But there's something greater on the inside. Brother Bram said things are to be. That soul inside makes this body subject. Can you say, can I hear an amen? You sang Jesus on the inside, working toward the outside. I didn't sing it. Nathan sang it. And you sang it with him. So it's got to be something on the inside. Working toward the outside. Making a difference in my life. That's your legal possession. That's yours. That's yours. You're an heir to it. Then if you be Abraham's seed. You're heirs. According to promise. Now. Brother Bram said. When a man once catches the vision of the invisible God. And knows he's always present. See that's where people don't get it. That's where people don't get it. The pastor doesn't see me. The deacons don't see me. The trustees don't see me. My brother don't see me. My wife don't see me. But they fail to understand when a man once catches the vision of an invisible God and know that that invisible God is always present. There's, there's nothing 
There, there is something then that stabilizes that man's thinking. The invisible God walks with me. So then when your flesh says do it, oh, nobody's going to see me do it. It's not the somebody I'm worried about or you should be worried about. It should be the holy God that's watching over you. No wonder. No wonder. Hey, we've got it here today. You've got Instagram. Right? You've got, they got Snapchat. I don't know. Chat Snap. I don't know what they call it. You got Facebook. You got this. And it's been preached. And Brother Joe, forgive me for even mentioning it. Because he hates me or anybody I mentioned. And that's okay. But you know what? Your sins, or let me say the sins of Laodicea are broadcast around the world. And you know what? You can't get it back. You can't get it back. And Brother Bram said years ago, you'll see it on the big screen. Well, I don't know how big some of your screens are, but it's on a big screen. Everything is showing. Everybody's being exposed. But if you've got nothing to worry about, you can rejoice this morning. Amen. Because I walk as a son of God. I walk as a daughter of God. And where I fall down, I plead the blood. We plead the blood. So once we get that vision of an invisible God, knowing he's always present, it will stabilize a man's thinking. It will stabilize his action. In times of distress and trouble. Hmm. It'll make him look upward and above the things that are happening around him. Because he's looking at the unseen by promise. Now how? Abraham, not only did he see the unseen. And the reason he believed it was because God said it. Ah. So then when we are now preaching the word of God and saying now that the prophet says this and he's anointed under the headship of God and Abraham believed and staggered not through unbelief but was strong giving praise. Brother Bram said he never heard the voice now for another 25 years. (laughs) And yet he staggered not because God said so. And when I'm saying to you this morning, God said so. I'm heirs with God. Joint heirs with Christ. God said so. That's God on paper. If we believe we're dead in Christ and we are Abraham's seed and the spirit that was in Christ dwells in us, it does the same thing. Every divine promise of God that's in the Bible We call it present tense. Hmm. Every promise, present tense. Amen. So then what makes you long for that? What makes you long for your health? What makes you long for uh, perfection? What is that that is in you that's driving you? There's something in you. That's calling for a new tabernacle. Hallelujah. That drive in you. 
is looking for your new home. And that new home is your new body. Praise the Lord. That's what we're waiting for. For the negative to put on the positive. Amen, amen, amen. He said, Abraham never looked at the well-watered lands because he lifted his eyes up and saw tomorrow. <laughs> Lift up your heads and look for tomorrow. He knew the promise was going to be fulfilled. If it's not today, it's tomorrow. Abraham didn't notice the well watered land that Lot looked at. He lifted his eyes far higher and saw tomorrow and knowed he'd inherit everything. <laughs> Hallelujah all the time. Praise the Lord. Do you know your legal right this morning? I read it. I could, like I said, read it out of Latin. I can read it out of Greek. I can read it out of Hebrew. Whatever form you want. It all refers back to a legal possession of that which was given. So then in 1 Kings 2, we can read in uh, 21, 3, I'm sorry. First King, you don't need to turn because I'm not going to preach on it. In 1 Kings 21, 3, when Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid it. I think you need to start to talk to Ahab that's around, not the person next to you, but the devil that's next to you. Ahab, let me tell you something right now. The Lord forbid it, forbid it, that I should give my inheritance of my fathers unto you. Amen. I forbid you, Satan. God gave me this body to be a healthy body. Hallelujah. That's my inheritance. That's your inheritance, Brother Hugh. That's our inheritance. God forbid you, Ahab. God forbid you, devil. We got to start confessing it, speaking it, praising God for it. Hallelujah. We don't do it enough. I don't know whether it's in some people's family gene line, but I got a new gene line. We got another gene line. My my genealogy tells me I am a peculiar people. I'm a holy one. Uh Uh-huh, peculiar. Kings and priests. That's what I am. And all I know is kings and priests praise God. That is their office. That's why Luther said, I don't know what I'm going to do in heaven. Luther said, what are we going to do in heaven? Nothing. No work to do. No change of clothes to put on. No nothing. He said, we don't have to do anything. He got quite a revelation. He was bride. Right? Part of the bride. Yeah, he's not out there tilling the soil. He doesn't have to change clothes. He doesn't have to do nothing. He says, I wonder, Lord, what do we get to do? Then all of a sudden, something welled up to him and said, Sirs, 
Let's see Jesus. He says, that's all I need to do. Get around the throne of God and see Jesus. That's what I want to do. I want to praise him. I want to lift up his voice, my voice. That's what I'm going to do in heaven. It's going to be a noisy place, Brother Bram said. Two noisy places. Heaven and hell. Which place you want to be noisy in? There is, hey, when we get to heaven, you're going to go, there goes Tom again. <laughs> that is his 29th million time around the throne. <laughs> singing and praising and thanking God. Singing and praising. Who's going to run with me? All right, we're going to run around the throne. We're going to praise around the throne. That's what we've been born for. Not this church. Got our place in our pew. Sit just right and get our nose out of joint. Somebody else sitting in our seat. And you know you do. I said that to people in Seattle. I said, you know you do. Deacon said, sit here. And you go, no. Well, that's a great attitude. Really building up the spirit of God in the church. Sit where they tell you to sit. They're the policemen in the church. And, and they didn't give me any money to say that. Saints of God, we need to, we need to raise up our level of spirituality. Not to be spiritual snobs. But to be spiritually adapt to what this message is called us for. Naboth said, nope, you ain't going to have it. And how many devils challenge us that we can't believe this message? That's my inheritance. That's my legal possession. Behold, I send you. That's me. I take it personally. God sent Malachi 4 for me. Hello, Susie. He sent it for you. He sent it for your home. He sent it for your family. And no preacher is going to tell me or put me off of my inheritance. Sorry, no Ahab. No Cain. Nobody. Going to tell me this message is not true. It's thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Ah, Naboth. What a man. And I tell you, what a man. Simple man. Just had a vineyard that was given him as part of his inheritance. Part of his legal possession. That's what he inherited. And some king. Going to say, hey, give me your land. Come on, give it to me. I'm not going to let no King Satan, small K. He's a very small K. I like what Brother Tim said years ago. When I use his name, I lower caps. Sorry, he doesn't get upper caps. He always gets lower caps. And now devil is going to put me off of what God has promised me. I don't know what he promises you, but I know what he promises me. He promised me every promise in the book is mine. Amen. And that's why some people don't have no joy at all. Sit here, arms folded, pouting, looking at me like trying to try to stop my victory. You can't. 
too late. Too late. So much too late. What a tremendous testimony Naboth had. Can you imagine? We're talking about the king of Israel. Coming to you say, hey, in fact, I'll give you, I'll give you money if you want. I'll give you better lands than you want. You know, that's the devil. Always trying to tell you, give you something better. But I love, I think Spurgeon said years ago, he says, Satan's banquet always starts with the good things. By the time you finish his banquet, you're in hell. His banquet is on a downhill slide. But in this banquet, it gets better, 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 until things we don't slide down, we get lifted up. Hallelujah. That is a subject all in itself. What is this all about? It's seeing yourself in Christ the Word. That's what this is about. Once, you know, listen, we can have families and have nice little families as they're growing up and they're obedient to daddy and mommy because they're little. But once they get of age, they're going to start pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. Unless you have a relationship with your children early, you're going to need a better relationship when you get older. You have to work your field. Come on. Just work your field. Work your children. It's all about seeing yourself in Christ. So the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. We're children of God. We've got that. And then children... Heir. But not just heir. You're a joint heir. That means you get to participate everything Christ is. <laughs> I'm joint heir with omnipotence. I'm glad it's just not, you know, the brothers and me. Michael and me. I wouldn't mind being a joint heir with you. I hope you got a lot. <laughs> but being joint heirs with Christ is King Jesus. <laughs> Jeff, it's King Jesus. And now I'm a joint heir and I'm participating with him in his heirship. Oh, my goodness. If we could just see that. We are joint heirs. We're a joint participant with Christ. If so be, we will suffer with him. Uh huh. We'll also be then glorified together with him. The one, a joint heir, is one who receives his allotted possession by right of sonship. That's why you hear the parable of the prodigal son. He got what was rightfully his. And he wasted it away. We are now joint heirs with Christ. And we're participants in his heirship. So we're heirs, joint heirs with God. My, my, my. If children then heir, then we will be his. Heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, 
sharing in all spiritual blessings in his inheritance. If indeed we share in his suffering, we shall also share in his glory. Amen. And that's the way, Brother Bram said, with a Christian. Hallelujah. We know when we walk into the presence of God, something in us tells us we've come from somewhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. That, that is a tremendous statement. He says, and that's the way it is with Christians. Hallelujah. We know when we walk into the presence of God, something in us tells us we've come from somewhere. And we're going back again by that power that is pulling us. Mm, What a call! What a pull! Think about it, Ben. Joseph, just think about it now. Think about it. Think about it, Ben. Something in you is calling you. But it's not just calling you to come to church. It's calling you to come up into another dimension. Not satisfied with just sitting here in church, hoping something will get better in my life. But now knowing you're a joint heir with Christ, his possession, his possession is eternity. Mm, mm, mm. Come on along with me to my father's house. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, there's so, so, so much, so much, so much. Can you give me a few more minutes? All right, a few more minutes. Now, when that redemptive rope fell on Adam, just now think about it. Here he fell in sin, and he willingly went in to get Eve. He willingly went in. Eve or Adam was not deceived. Eve was deceived. But Adam willingly went in to get Eve. So then when he willingly went in, they made themselves fig leaves. And then all of a sudden the voice of God says, Adam, where art thou? Where are you? Where are you, Adam? Where are you? And they hid themselves. And then Brother Bram said, God threw down some bloody skins. God himself has provided a sacrifice. So now God provides him bleeding skins. He was a sinful man, but God rich in mercy gave him some bleeding skins. Everybody got that so far? We have that. All right. So now here Adam, Adam goes in there and now he takes or partakes with Eve. Covers himself by his own thinking. And God says, no, 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 it's not fig leaf. It's going to be blood. And so God, rich in mercy, takes a lamb and throws down bloody skins. Brother Bram said, then, then Adam received a redemptive robe. Hallelujah. Now redemption is being played out. Redemption from the garden was being played out. It just wasn't a bloody skin. It was a redemptive robe. Hallelujah. Because there's a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And that skin matched it. Hallelujah. 
And we've gone away. We've done our thing. We thought we believed this. We believed that. But one day, God says, enough with what your own thinking. I'm going to give you a redemptive robe. And that redemptive robe is going to be wrapped around you. It was God that was providing a redemptive bloody word. Hallelujah. We had nothing to do with it. Adam had nothing to do with it. But God provided a redemptive robe. And every time he saw it, the blood, it reminded him of his sin. Every time he saw that bleeding skin, it reminded him of his sin. But then the lamb came. Come on. The one you're joined air with came. And he hung on a cross and he said, it's finished. Redemptive price is paid. Now when you look at me, you don't see no sin. Amen. Adam looked at sin. You see no sin. Come on, join heirs. Rejoice with me. This is part of your legal possession this morning. In the Old Testament, when they looked at the bloody lamb, they saw sin. But under this bleeding lamb, you see no sin. Don't you want more? (laughs) Let me tell you something. We did not know this when we first gave our hearts to Christ. We did not know this when we prayed our first prayer. We did not know this the first year that we walked in this message. I'm sorry, friend. There's a lot we didn't know 10 years into this message. But something in us was driving us. And he is driving us to a new body. So he has to open his word. Hallelujah. So as he opens it up now, we see that we're joint heirs with Christ. We're a participant of all that he is. Hallelujah. I'm a participant of redemption. I'm a participant of victory. I'm a participant. In all that God is, I am. Hallelujah. Glory. Everything is waiting on us. Those trees out there are waiting for us. The salmon that can't come up the river are waiting for us. All creation is groaning. Waiting. For us. To be revealed. Hallelujah. It's happening saints. It's happening. You might as well start speaking to the trees. Get ready. For one eternal day without a night. (laughs) Get ready. Oh my goodness. We were talking about the other day and how, how the earth and the sea, you ever been on the ocean in a ship and you're, and and you look as far as you can look and then you look again as far as you can look and say, wow, that's a big body of water and you're seeing only that much of the ocean. Huh? And all that is going to be eaten. You say, how on earth are everybody going to be there? Hey, don't worry about it. 
Don't worry about it. Just get there. You get there, it'll be one big surprise. <laughs> Glory! So, well, there's no more ocean. Create your own planet. I don't care what you do. <laughs> if I want a whole planet of ocean, I want to sail my own boat. Go ahead. Everything, Brother Brown says, is waiting for us. Whole creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. It's waiting for the church to come to its position. And I want to say to you, Brother Brown, saying, Christ of Mr. God revealed me, preached on it for about a month when she realizes her position. And I want to say to you, we are. Come on, we are. And you say, well, are some? Is it most? I don't care the numbers. All I know, I am. I'm seeing my position, and my position is in Him. Hallelujah. The, all is waiting for the church to come to its position. Who was the Son of God? Adam. Where was His domain? The earth. He, he had domain of the earth, that's right. But He wasn't Ella, Ella, Elohim yet. He was Jehovah, see? But now He needs to be Lord God. He had to have a creation. There had to be Adam. Because he wanted to be one who dwelt with his family. And he loves fellowship. That's what it's all about, saints. It's fellowship. Fatherhood. Hallelujah. He says, Allah, Elohim. See, I'm God. Now I made one lesser, one under me. And I give him dominion. And in their dominion, the dominion under them is the earth. And man had dominion over the whole creation. But man fell. And since that fall, creation's been groaning. Waiting for Adam's sons to come. The second Adam's sons to come. Can you say this morning, we're coming. We're coming, creation. We're coming to our position. I've got a legal right now. That's why it says in John 16 and 13, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whomsoever, what he, whatsoever he hear, that will he speak. And he will show you things to come. And there's never been a generation like us that have heard him speak. Never. Whatever he said. Is that right? That wasn't me. That was him. We went through that last week. We went through the quote. That wasn't me. That was him. That was him. Now everybody thinks, well, the breaking of the seals was just seven services or eight services. It was every service after the seals that was loosed under the seals. That's why he said the token message should have followed the seals. Hmm. Why? Because every message now after the seals were messages that unfolded from the seals. So he now is showing us things to come. 
things that are to be. Future home. Come on. Rapture. This spirit of truth came like no other generation had. And the mythical body. Think about it. Watch how he was watching his, and the mythical body. And all of a sudden he said, is something wrong here? Is there somebody sick here? Did somebody come in just a second? Just a second. Oh, he told me. You said mythical. It should have been mystical. Come on. That's the spirit of truth. This day, this scripture is being fulfilled in your ears. Don't you love it? Andy, don't you love it? I mean, my goodness, what were we 20 years ago? We are just, well, we believe a prophet and Malachi 4 and Luke 17, 30 and Revelation 10, 7. And that's really all we really knew. But there was more. <laughs> and then he opened more and more and more. Hey, listen, let me just tell you something. Let me help you on this one. There is no other man that's going to follow this messenger. I want you to hear me truthfully and honestly without any hesitation. There is no man going to raise up and correct the prophet. No church, no man, nobody. They can be the most powerful speakers. And you're listening to probably one of the most ignorant of all. But I know one thing. I love the message. I love the Bible. People call me a parrot. I parrot the message. All right. I parrot the message. That's a good parrot. The prophet said, Tom said, prophet said, Tom said, prophet said, Tom said. I want to be a parrot. And I got seven colors. And I'm flying in heavenly places. You'll have men, they'll come with great ideas. Swell words that I can't even dream of putting together. But let me tell you something, saints. You watch what's being said. And what the purpose is why it's being said. Because they want a following and they want your soul. But I gave my soul to Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't trust my soul and nobody else. Hallelujah. I feel like an old time preacher. I'm losing my voice now. I haven't done that in years. I, I, I didn't say five minutes. I said, give me some time. I know you're watching me. Five minutes. Okay, that'll help you. That'll help you, because I got, like, I was listening to Brother Brown the other day, and he says, okay, can you stay with me just a little bit? He says, I still got 20 pages left. I thought, man, if he had 20 pages, then I don't feel bad having another 10. The wonderful thing about this message is it's unfolding. Come on, it's unfolding. You can't read the same message tomorrow that you read today and get the same thing. No, because it's the word unfolding itself. That's why we say, get in the message, get in the message, get in the message. I got this blessed Christ and Mr. God. I got three of them now looking like this. 
And one of the brothers said, oh, I love you when you bring out your Christ the mystery God revealed. I do too. I do too. Because every page is marked up. Every page says, now, the word, the word, you're a joint participant of, the word has moved down into the body. Come on, we're going to boot the devil. Come on. Prayer requests, like, we'll have prayer. There'll be needs amongst us, and we'll have prayer. But saints, it's time for us to beat the devil on our own territory. Now this one I got in my chest is an unbelieving son who is a dope addict. And their mother or grandmother is praying that they'll get delivered. Will he? Yes, he can. So the word now moves down into the body. So the word moves from the head and comes into the body and vindicates their one. So the word moves from the head to the body, vindicating that they're a joint heir. Amen. So the vindicated word in the body is his very victory and reason of his death. They without us are not made perfect. We are the top of the pyramid. Notice now, the vindicated word in the body is his very victory and the very reason of his death. His spirit went into flesh and died. Then he raised it up again and he quickened it. That means made it alive. His flesh, which was his body. And that's the word. It's laid dead for years. But gradually, it's come in from reformation. Now, she is standing on her feet. Come on. She is standing on her feet. Amen. We're not in the thighs. We're not in the mouth. We're not in the eyes. We're in the very thoughts of God. And now that thought is saying, stand. Glory. Stand. Now she is standing on her feet. Praise God. She is now risen by the power of the vindicated word promised to her. How, he says, the bride holds that promise. He told me he would return after me. But the says, I believe it. Yes, sir. To meet her headship, her redeemer, her husband, her king, her lord, her lover, her, her savior. In that provided meeting place. You know the bridegroom don't leave out nothing. Now. He's got the ring of identification. He's got the robe that she is to wear. She's got her his clothing that she's wearing. He's provided a place to meet her. And that's in the air. And we're going to a wedding supper. That, my dear friends, is my legal possession. I'm heirs and join heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Musicians, why don't you come? Because I'll be another hour if I go to this next section.
<laughs> it is so good. I can't stop. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. How about you? Do you love the message? I love this message. People stumble over that, but I let them stumble. Let them stumble. I'm not talking about the message as a book. I'm talking about the message as a person. I love Christ. I love the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'll save that for another day. All right. Did you love hearing the reading of the will? (laughs) Did you get what you came for? Amen. There's so much more to take. Brother Tim, you know, he he tore up my second part. So now I'm on my third part. So I'm scared to let him preach on the next part. (laughs) Preachers get scared. (laughs) Because, you know, it's, it's a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. It's a glorious church. And I am. Why don't you stand? Can't you see them coming, brother? Saints, there's more. There's more than what you heard this morning. There's more. There'll be more for you next Wednesday. There'll be more. You can get it Monday morning. There'll be more. Tuesday morning, there'll be more. I just say, eat the book. Don't you see them, brother? Oh, don't you hear them coming, brother?